everyone. We are back with another episode of Radio Gaga 2.0. This is Ria. I'm Sahil. And I'm Ushma. And we are your hosts for today. Uh, and we'll be in conversation with Aditya Junjunwala. स्पॉट So initially, when you know, I put this thing playful CEO out, CEO out. Many people said, "Oh, it sounds a little shady. Why? What's a CEO doing, uh, being playful?" But um, you know, just to put it very simply, I think um, our life is about creativity. It's about creating, innovating, you know, solving problems. And I really believe that uh, the heart of creativity is play. the source of creativity comes from play from exploring from you know uh, not worrying about what will happen but just exploring discovering so you know scientists inventors entrepreneurs they need to have this quality called playfulness in fact uh, in one of the uh, systems of teaching entrepreneurship if entrepreneurship could ever be taught they break down entrepreneurship into five different practices and one of the important practices um in the process of learning and you know becoming an entrepreneur is called the practice of play so therefore i feel you know when you are at play you are at your your best you are free you don't have anxieties you you are exploring and allowing creativity to emerge and i think that's where for me playful ceo kind of emerges from absolutely because seeing something like a playful ceo of course that's the breaking the stereotypes in the first place Even when our teacher says this word, the first idea of a CEO would be all decked up in blazers and tuxedos, and you know, a strict, stringent image yeah. of managing people. But having someone so cozy—that's that's the best part. Right? Yeah, and that is true, right? That is true. So, I also feel like we have multiple, you know, uh, I don't want to say personalities because that sounds a bit funny. but we all have multiple roles, roles to play yeah roles right? to play and uh, there is no one stereotype so of yeah. course there are times when i'll wear a you know a jacket or a blazer or a tie and then there are times i'll be in a t-shirt there are times where i'll be wearing shorts so i think it's 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 great to be able to adapt to the situation to the people around you i used to work at ibm one of my first jobs and in ibm they used to you know ibm is known to be a company with You wear formals every day. You wear these suits with ties, um, very very sharply dressed. But IBM has also adapted, and I heard the recent IBM CEO say that dress according to the people you are going to meet, dress according to your customers. You know, so adapt to what's around that makes people feel comfortable and makes people uh, feel at ease, makes people trust you. Yeah, that's that's. I think so. The non-conventional part of all the syndromes come in when you're approachable and when people can like today. We the very reason that we approached you was because oh. we found something which was you know there was something the the kind of instinct, the kind of happy glow that that made us talk to you today. This is in just a very raw example of how things happen. So sweet. Uh, I would like to ask a question, sir. Uh, like. Uh, how did the idea of enterprise like uh, i have seen everything like uh, connecting to the uh, youngsters like graduates like if you are from small town you have got your family businesses and then uh, are you looking looking to do mba or joining a family business like how did you get to know this point that most of the youngsters are confused about and then let's uh, come up something like let's enterprise and let's gather people and let's them give a practical exposure to the world from the world like so they can learn something from it Wow, you really done your research well, Sahil. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're very right. I mean, uh, it's a great question. How did this idea come about? And I think all great, I think all good ideas. Let me not uh, say great, but all good ideas come from 
spending enough time with your potential market or with your potential users. And before I started enterprise for five years, I worked dedicatedly with many, many with hundreds of young people running leadership and self-discovery programs. I used to run a program called Dancing with Tigers. And for five years, I've worked very closely with young people in this age group. And that's when I realized that this age group, you know, let's say between 18 and all the way up to 25, there are two pulls that we face, you know. On one side, there is this pull that to take decisions, to choose your career, to start earning, you know, to catch up with the others. There's a sense of FOMO that my friends are all taking decisions and they all know what to do in their life. So there's this one side to get set and to get settled and to, you know, choose, take decisions. But there is also this other pull during this age to discover, to explore, you know, to try many things, uh, to meet many people, to travel, right? Which is a very different pull. It's a pull that is saying that, you know, I don't have to decide right now. I want to explore. I want to try. So these two pulls, they are in opposite directions. Or in beach may we become khichdi. Hmm. Exactly. It's like, uh, because the stereotype has been like, now I want to explore. I don't know. I'm confused. I don't want to do. I don't want to pursue chartered accountancy. And I'm, I'm not sure will I be fit in my business. Do I want to do MBA? I like. I want to explore more. And then there's a time like my age is 25. Then there's a uh, pressure from the parents. Now you need to get married. Like there's a stereotype now. You need to follow this. So to break this, like we need to break this stereotype and like it's completely okay. We can take our time. I wanted to also add that uh, like at every uh, stage, you know, once you become older, that whole uh, juggle comes in where you have to like give importance to certain things and, um, you know, like you have to manage well. So like, what is that one thing, you know, where you can sort of get a balance uh, in this because I'm like the way we are talking right now, I'm literally facing that because one side my parents are like build your career where I want to like also discover different things and you know there's a little lag over there and I'm not understanding so like uh, how does let's enterprise help exactly exactly so yeah so you know we get caught in this between these two pulls one pushing me to take a decision and get settled and one pulling me to explore and try right now how do we resolve this Okay, so that's where Let's Enterprise, the concept of Let's Enterprise was born that, you know, how can we help young people to explore, to try many things, and while doing that, develop the mindsets, the competencies, and the abilities that you need to become successful in any career that you choose, right? So the answer came from this idea called uh, transferable skills, okay? Now, uh, transferable skills are skills that I can transfer from one type of work or from one industry to the other. So there are two types of skills. There are domain skills and there are transferable skills. Right? Yeah. So domain skills, now if I'm doing bake, if I'm a baker, so the, the ratio of uh, flour to water, that's a domain skill. Right? But talking to customers, uh, deciding how to position my product, how much to price my product, um, how to grow a market for it, how to uh, do user research. You know, these are all transferable skills. Even if I apply them in the bakery domain, tomorrow I can go and apply it in the banking domain as well. Right? So we realize that if we can help young people to develop real world, practical, transferable skills, while giving them exposure to multiple projects, multiple industries, multiple ways of thinking, then they are able to do both the things. They are, they are making progress towards their career, towards being more successful and gaining a competitive advantage. And they have the opportunity to explore. So that is how enterprise uh, took an approach to try and solve this problem. And, and for that, the key at the very heart of our approach lies projects. So we realized that, you know, in college, you can do a lot of conceptual theoretical learning, but there is a gap because the moment you hit the industry, the industry requires you to have practical abilities, requires you to work on teams, requires you to collaborate, requires you to take decisions and limited information. 
and today even if you are doing a job you need to be an entrepreneur which means you need to take risks nobody wants you to every day come and say okay tell me exactly what to do so right. we realized that projects is what is going to help us to do that so therefore our our mode of learning at enterprise is by uh getting our partners so people who join enterprise they are called partners because we want them to think like owners so by getting them to work on multiple projects and during this process develop transferable skills that's really good that's really good. so so this brings me up to some questions so when we talk of projects so exactly what kind of projects like when you decide a project which is something which you feel would be something which would benefit people what what do you look in that project and also what in what do you look in the kind of people that you want with yourself as partners beautiful that's a great question that's a great question so uh, so we we uh, talk about something called the decision funnel okay so it's wide like any funnel at one end and it's narrow at one end so you enter from the wide end and you come out from the narrow end right so you look at this decision funnel as your career okay what stage of your career in if you are in the beginning stage of your career then you are in the wide end and as you go deeper and you become more of an expert in something you go towards the narrow end right so now there in the wide end we say you should say yes to every opportunity and as you become more of an expert and as you go deeper and deeper in your career you should say no to almost every opportunity and become very very selective now depending on which stage you are you should know how much to say yes and how much to say no right i'm telling you this this concept because many people they get confused you know we keep saying no to opportunities because we feel we are, i'm not sure exactly what i want correct yeah we believe that you know if you are in the beginning stages say yes to everything so therefore the projects that partners will go through at enterprise there's a they go through stages so initially first two months they go through something called kickstart projects where they get to you know experience the whole idea of working on a project they create an event they create a product they build something together very quickly they have to build something together then in the second stage of kickstart projects they go through a design thinking project where they have to design an experience for an actual local business and many of these local businesses we work with are street vendors like chaat walas pani puri walas festival vendors we help them to improve their customer experience so this is the phase 1 then in phase 2 the partners work with startups and other businesses on consulting projects so businesses keep approaching us and we approach businesses also so recently we are speaking to a major hotel chain to improve their customer experiences for staycations so we are finding that hotels are doing more and more staycation so we are talking to them that how can we have a better family experience in your hotel for especially for families with kids right that's so we'll very interesting yeah. yeah so we'll work with businesses as a consultant and um, a team of our enterprise mentors who has this kind of industry experience works as a guide for a couple of students but the students talk to the clients directly the students understand their requirements the students are like consultants to the to these projects we just support the students in you know helping them to take decisions and which frameworks to use so like this they do 3 to 4 real life client projects that's phase 2 and phase 3 they go into something called an entree project where then we support them to incubate an idea of their own it could be a business idea it could be a product idea it could be a blog it could also be a social idea and the objective is to for them to have a taste of thinking something from scratch and bringing it to reality not necessarily that they will continue running this business forever but to have this experience so that's how they go through this journey of projects i hope that kind of answers your question yeah yes yeah. that does but that also brings me up to another question so so what's the revenue model like this is something that i asked from a proper finance student approach like how do we actually run the enterprises are the projects that we have pro bono or do we have revenue margins there yeah so that's a that's a very good question and good that you are a business student so you are asking this question yeah it's a very important thing so yes enterprise is a business we work with 50 partners student partners a year and we charge the there's a fees that the part the students pay the partners pay a fees to be a part of the program and uh, we also charge 
clients for these projects, but that is not a primary revenue model. We we charge so that the clients take the project seriously, and even we take the project seriously. But our primary primary revenue model is the fees that students pay, partners pay to be a part of this program. Absolutely right. So, oh, so do is the select selection ratio for the project for for having partners? Is this something some kind of test that the students have to give in order to be a part of the test? Or can people who are watching us or hearing us, the audience, they can also try and give the test and be a part of this? Yeah, so that's a good question. Now we don't have any cat or mouse or tiger kind of test, but um, but we I have. I love I love the address of this cat and mouse. We just <laughs> yeah. So there is a selection process. There's an application form that we ask them to fill, and we've designed the application form with a colleague of mine who who works in the human resources industry in Canada. and we designed it in such a way that it should help people anybody who fills up that form it will ask them a lot of reflective questions which will help them think about their own career in a fresh way so we have designed the application form itself to be a value added experience for people there's a form that they fill after they fill up the form then i do a 30 minute one to one coaching call with everybody who fills up the form and in that call we do Don't talk about enterprise. It's just about them and their career and what their goals are, just to help them get a little bit more clarity. Then after that, uh, my partner Ankita she speaks with them and helps them understand enterprise, answer their queries and their doubts. Once they've gone through this and they're feeling more clear, we have an interview with two of our other partners, Yusuf and Palak, and they have like a half an hour interview. But the interview is more like a conversation, and what we are really looking for is only one. quality which is hunger who agar aapka pet bhara hua hai then you are not going to be searching for something basically passion like is if there is a passion amongst them like yeah if if there is a fire if there is a hunger if there is a desire to do something then we are on okay so we are not really looking for intellectual ability or academics or communication also is okay it's good to have some communication but that gets built uh we are really looking for that fire that readiness to break comfort zones willingness to stretch yourself agar 12 13 ghanta kaam karna pada ek hafte ke liye continuously taiyar hona chahiye so we are looking for that kind of fire and once they go through that interview then uh, we have a quick chat with their parents because parents also have a small say in this matter right so we take some time to answer their que- their queries their hesitations and then comes the onboarding yeah. Exactly. Listening to the listening to your comfort zone comfort zone thing, I've seen like uh, you are more focusing on breaking people like breaking all your partners' comfort zone and uh, getting into that thing which you are not comfortable with. So why is it like you want to break the comfort zones and uh, what is the benefits like? What are the benefits when you break the comfort zone and we get to the extreme? Yeah, you asked a million dollar question. <laughs> i break the comfort zone right because you're so comfortable yeah don't we want to be comfortable in life the truth is that if you don't step out of your comfort zone then you will actually not be comfortable so one of the things that i realized very early in life and i think my father really helped me to understand this is that you know as a human being you will never be satisfied and you will never feel at peace if you believe that you are performing below your potential so if you think in your mind that your potential is 8 but you are performing at 6 there will be something from inside that will trouble you right that happens right yeah. you feel i can do more you feel i want to do more and it's not about comparing somebody else may feel my potential is 5 but if they are performing at 5 there will be a satisfaction in them but if i feel my i should be performing at 8 but i'm only at 7 i'll be dissatisfied right and also I wanted yeah. to ask, like, how do you think all these skills come up? Like, something like a confidence, something like knowing your potential. Um, you know, just all these uh, different skills that make you the person that you are. So, where does all this, you know, come from? How does it build? And how do you help as a life coach to enhance those particular skills? Beautiful. So you use the key word, right? Uh, confidence. 
So right. if somebody were to ask me that in one word, tell me what is it that you get out of this entire enterprise experience? Tell me one word that is the most important. I would just use this word confidence, right? And confidence is not about being talkative. It is not about being bold. It is not about being a risk taker. Confidence is just about being willing to grab opportunities, being willing to step outside comfort zones and learn from that, being unafraid of whether it will be a failure or a success, but having the confidence that whether I fail or succeed, I will learn something out of this. Correct. Confidence is about being able to take decisions even when I don't have 100% information. You know, um, confidence is about being ready to go and meet new pe people, talk to people, make new friends, ask questions. Confidence is also about humility, realizing that I don't know everything and it's okay if I don't know everything. I don't have to know everything, but I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to collaborate. I'm willing to, you know, involve others. So this confidence is what I think all of us are looking for. You know, today you guys, you guys are youngsters. I think that you are way smarter than us. You have way more resources than us. Uh, I think the way that your mind works and the kind of you know thinking that you come up with, I don't think that people of my age can easily come up with that. Uh, I think we need to work with you as much as you need to work with us to keep our minds fresh. Okay? Yeah, because we have got something like uh, more of the fresh mind than you have got something like experience. Experience and new talent can come together and build up something great. But experience has its limitation because experience only knows what worked in the past. Experience cannot say what will work in the future. Experience has its value, but it also has its limitations. And at the same time, you know, your fresh mind has its advantages, but also it has some limitations. So what stops us sometimes, especially at a younger age, is this lack of confidence that, oh, what will they think of me? Oh, I don't have the experience. Oh, I've never done this before. Uh, oh, you know, is this the right thing? And this many times holds us back. Actually, if you look around you, you are surrounded by opportunities. Actually, if you look around you, you have all the capability inside you already that you need. The only thing that stops us is that little doubt. And that is what this whole journey of enterprise attempts to bridge by giving you multiple experiences, by allowing you to fail, allowing you to succeed and allowing you to reflect in your journey and begin to form your own inner confidence. It's not based on achievement. It's not based on what other people say, but it's based on your own experiences and reflection. And then that confidence is very powerful. It doesn't easily get shaken up. Absolutely, sir. So this brings me up to a couple of more questions. So now that our conversation is already dragged into, you know, confidence and about things that are okay. So as a CEO, you must have had an interaction with a lot of people, like 10, 10 to 100 times more than me. So have you met students who have not had a goal? And do you think that not having a particular goal, but still, still hustling in the whole process of, you know, having multiple checklist items, is that rational? Or do you think in the long run, that is something which could be, Oh, a situation that we are stumbling because when I talk about myself from a from a student at this point of time I don't know what is the best thing because something which is the best appears to me right now as a goal but I've not even experienced it so I have no idea if it's actually meant for me that is a very 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 important question Ria. thanks for asking that so goals okay goals are very beautiful but goals are very dangerous I write a weekly letter. In fact, I would love for you guys and all your listeners, if they are interested in these kind of topics, I write a weekly letter called Eat, Play, Love. Um, I'll share the link with it. It's at www.adityajunjanwala.com. And a couple of weeks back, I wrote a letter about goals. And I said, forget goals. Because, you know, um, goals are very nice. I'm not saying you should not have goals, but Goals can become very overwhelming. Just like what you're saying, you know, Ria, how do I even set goals? Because I, I don't know right now what I want. How can I set a goal? Uh, I want to have a million dollar house. That's not a goal. That's a dream. It's beautiful. Okay. So goals are something you can have when you already know where you're going. 
So if I know I'm going to Goa, then I can have a goal that I want to reach before lunch, so that I can enjoy lunch on the beach, right? But first, I need to know that I want to go to Goa, right? So we talk about direction. You know, we speak about direction. I think it's more important to start thinking what direction I want to go in. Do I want to go in a direction where I have to work with people a lot? Do I want to go in a direction where I'm responsible for selling and marketing and growth? Do I want to go in a direction where there's a lot of research and I have to, you know, investigate and I have to come up with new things? Do I want to go in a direction where I have to be very creative? Right. So we focus more on direction. Once you have a direction, you start moving, you start exploring, and then once you have traction on that, then you can start setting goals. Uh, so can I ask that uh, why would you say not to have a particular goal? Because if you, at least for me, if I don't have a particular goal, probably I'll I'll, I'll stop working because I don't know what I'm wanting next or you yeah. know what I'm aiming for. No, you're right. I'm not saying don't have goals. I'm just saying be careful when to have goals. So if goals are working for you right now, that's great. But many people, they struggle with goals. Just like Ria was saying. We struggle because I don't know exactly what I want. Right? So we have to know whether right now direction is more important for you. If you think you have a direction, then please go ahead and set goals in that. But setting goals without knowing your direction, then you end up setting goals just because you have to set up goals and later on you kind of look back and regret. Right. You know, or you just feel the pressure of that goal and you feel burnt out after some time. That goal is not really coming from inside. The goal needs to come from inside. You need to really feel that goal. Oh, and so until you get there, directions are very until you get there and find those goals that you really feel, directions are very, very powerful. Does that make sense for you guys? Completely. Pooja has some hesitation with that. So, absolutely. It, it clearly does. I mean, when I think about it at this point of time, when, you know, there are so many things to do. And so at this point of time, we are talking about things which are discovery. We're talking about academia. There's a very important aspect. There are, in fact, two very important aspects that we're missing out in here as well, which are hangouts and family. So bringing and maintaining a time and in fact, me time. So there are like, if I had to categorize my time, that would be me time, family, hangouts, friends, then exploring and then the real ambition. So these would be the five broad categories with a lot of subcategories. And in all of this, finding a goal and doing everything all together, this is just, the more I'm growing each day, the more my respect towards people who have actually done things like you increases and elevates more. Absolutely. Well said, Ria. So true. You know, just, just to kind of resolve this conflict, because I can see Ushma is still struggling with this, that why I'm not saying don't set goals. All I'm saying is that when you're already moving in a direction, no, then you can set goals. But when you're in a completely exploring phase, anything in life, at that stage, it's better to focus on directions and not try to stress yourself out with goals. You know, so right now, let's say I'm exploring music. I'm trying to learn the guitar, right? Right now I'm exploring. So my direction is that I want to be able to play five, six songs and I should be able to kind of, you know, strum along with a couple of people. I'm not making it like a goal. Oh, I have to do it by December. It's a direction. I'm exploring right. that. But once I get there, once I have five songs, 10 songs, 20 songs in my belt and I have that confidence, then I can say, oh yeah, in the next three months, I'm going to learn another 20 songs. Okay. It's like the other day I was reading a book where the author said that you should have smart goals. So basically smart is an abbreviation which says that sensible, manageable and you know to cover your point that articulated, responsible and technical goals. So th this brings me up to one thing which was that there could be a particular goal that I have to complete five things today which include this podcast and let's say four more things. So that could be my goals. But if let's assume that today I have never studied science bio, but I want to be a doctor. And I say that I have to be a doctor someday, or maybe let's say that I have to do a PhD someday, wherein I have no idea what I have to do around it. What are the ideas around those lines? And I have not talked to people who, who are actually have actually done it. So in things like those, then it would be something so vague for me that it wouldn't remain a goal itself. And that is something I think a mistake that I do after this conversation, I realize mistaking them for goals. 
Fantastic. Thanks for sharing that, Riya. So as uh, we are sharing about uh, goals, direction, and uh, aims, so there might be a time when, uh, like, you were also confused. So, like, what is to be done? Uh, like, you were also in exploring field. So, can you share your story with us? Like, when you were struggling with this same dilemma, uh, what am I supposed to do with my career? I am still confused. I think all of us are always. There's some things on which we have clarity, and there's always going to be something that we are still exploring. That's a part of life, right? You're always some aspects you have clarity. You're moving ahead. There are some goals, and some aspects we are exploring. So let's say even with enterprise, even right now, there are certain things that we know that are for sure, and we are moving ahead. And there are certain parts of enterprise that we are still exploring, and we don't know what's going to work, what's not. So for, I just wanted to say that for a side, you know, that it's not key now. There'll be a time when you'll stop exploring, and everything is clear. And it should not because it becomes boring then. Right? Uh, but talking about my own story, I think um, I mean, I think I have explored like all my life. I mean, right from you know, when I joined when I joined engineering, I was really excited about building stuff. I really wanted to actually work with my hands and build things and make machines. uh but we didn't do that at least in our time in engineering college we didn't do that it was only about fat textbooks and writing practical journals and uh, after a point i didn't enjoy that anymore and then i started exploring you know uh, in fact i think that is one of the places where for me the whole idea of enterprise comes because i think when you're young when you're young at heart you want to do things do things you know you want to make things you want to get out there and do something practically and i feel in those 3 4 years of college we don't get enough enough opportunities to do that or there are opportunities but we don't probably find like minded people or we don't find a platform where we get a little bit of guidance so for me i think i've explored a lot i mean after engineering i realized ki i don't want to go in a technical field so i set a direction that i want to go more in a you know in a business kind of a field but i also knew i want to go in a creative field so i worked for 2 years with my mother who's a ceramic artist after doing engineering i decided to join my mother who's a ceramic artist and all my friends looked at me wondering what i was doing but uh, the direction was that okay let me explore if i can take some of her art and build products out of it and we did build a product out of it that we ended up exporting to 14 different countries of course over the next 5 6 years so i explored that then i did that for two years and i realized ki chalo you know uh, i think i i should now you know do further education so i ended up doing my masters so i, I did my mba at iim ahmedabad then then i said let me explore the corporate world for some time and so for a few years i worked uh, in ibm like i said and that's when i also realized that okay i think i've had enough and that that entrepreneurial bug in me bit me and i realized that i want to get back to business and uh, came back to that little business that i had started with my mother then spent the next 8 years growing that and that's how you know slowly slowly step by step the journey evolved so i think i've had enough confusion and my my parents used to always tell me there's good confusion and there's bad confusion okay good confusion propels you into action and exploration bad confusion paralyzes you and you stop doing it right so make sure you get enough good confusion makes sense um so what is your uh, you know take on uh, competition like even even right now when students like for me when i look at uh, my world i feel like there's so much competition people just want to defeat each other and just go ahead one step forward from the other person and there's a lot of pin down also sometimes like not always but sometimes it's like you know that that brings too much uh, confusion as as to how to go ahead with your career or with any other goal so what is your insight on like competition and like the different um, you know things that uh, like can confuse someone yes so to add on to which my word uh, along with competitors i also wanted to ask how much do you think privileges you know control things like when we talk about competition we also talk about all the different people coming from different backgrounds 
So when you see someone who has been in the competitive spirit and like when I talk of myself who has been a debater, there'll be much more of competition. But when you come in a phase like that, you become a little calm. But then the kind of background, the kind of places that you hail from, since you have had people from so many different places, how do you think these role plays govern the situation? Wow, these are really cool questions that you guys are asking. सोचना पड़ेगा सो यू नो वी नो सीइंग कंपटीशन ना आई फील इट्स इंपॉर्टेंट टू अंडरस्टैंड इन आवर माइंड फर्स्टली अ गिवन सिचुएशन देयर आर टू टाइप्स ऑफ सिचुएशंस वन इज अ अ स्कैसिटी सिचुएशन ओके इन इन गेम थ्योरी इट्स कॉल्ड जीरो सम गेम यू नो वेयर ओनली वन पर्सन देयर इज ओनली अ लिमिटेड नंबर ऑफ अवेलेबल स्लॉट्स सो लेट्स से इफ यू आर गेटिंग इनटू अ कॉलेज and 10000 people are applying but there are only 100 seats now it's a scarcity situation in a scarcity situation competition is different you need to understand the factors of success you need to understand the variables and then you need to work hard and you need to compete okay so some situations in life they are scarcity situations but the truth is most situations in life are not scarcity situations okay so if you are in a situation which is not a scarcity situation then comparing with others is of no use then competition is healthy and if you say if you are in a situation where there is multiple ways to do then you should use competition to get inspired so in in the word competition comes from the latin word compare which means to inspire each other So you need to use competition in a very healthy, positive way, and you use it to get inspired and don't allow it to drag you down. Sure. So just, I think it's important that we analyze that when you are thinking of competition, is it a scarcity situation or not? Are there multiple ways to do things? Let's say if you are applying for a job interview, there is not only one way to win in that. There are many ways, and you have to play to your own strengths, right? But if you are applying for CAT and you have to get into some, you know, institute, then there's only one way to win. You have to crack CAT. So yeah. in that situation, figure out is there only one way to win, or are there multiple ways to win, and then play to your strengths. Absolutely. So this brings me up to a follow-up. So in a world of networking, how do you build friendships? If that makes sense. It makes sense. But networking is different from friendships. Yeah. Okay. You only need one good friend in life. Trust me. If you have one really good friend in life with whom you can really just be yourself, you're blessed. If you have two, then you have done something crazy in your last lifetime. Okay. So, friendships is a different thing. Let's not confuse networking with friendships. Networking is connecting with people, and network is only useful if you can actually do something with that network just because you have 10000 contacts on linkedin it doesn't mean anything but if you can call your contact and get launched on a project with them then it's meaningful so at enterprise for us networking is a very very important concept and we encourage partners to really create real networks which is not about quantity you may not have make 100 new connections but if you can make 10 new connections and with each of those connections you can develop trust enough trust that you can call them up and say you know what suppose you can network with the ceo of an organization and if you have developed enough trust that if you tell them that i'd like to talk to you for 10 minutes they're willing to take out those 10 minutes for you and give you a year then you have a network now how do you create that connection you create that connection by establishing credibility how do you establish credibility by working on a project and showing your results so we come back to projects because it is at the heart of enterprise so when partners work with 10 different organizations 10 different ceos on projects and they deliver results to them then that person becomes a lifelong connection for them then partner so enterprise tagline is create yourself create yourself create your own opportunities become an opportunity magnet so when i create a network like this even if it is 8 10 people who are people connected to the industry and i work with them and i create credibility and trust then when the time comes when i am looking for an opportunity or when they are looking for a resource it becomes an instant connection 
So in enterprise, we have a process called story cells. Because at the end of the day, it's your story of what you have done that is going to convince me or anyone else whether to work with you or not. It's not going to be okay. your certificate. It's going to be your story. So we have a process called story cells and we empower the partners during the entire enterprise journey to build their story and to build connections where there is trust established. And that's how we find many of our enterprise partners after they've worked with a couple of clients, the client only tells them, would you like to work with us? You know, they are able to connect with people on LinkedIn and tell them what they're doing and, you know, get opportunities to work with startups. Because I find that, you know, one of the vicious circles that we get caught up in when you're just graduating from college to get a good job where you actually get to think and take decisions, you need experience. But to get experience, you need a job like that. So you're stuck in the loop, right? So we say that let's break that loop and let's get that experience so that we can start attracting our own opportunities. Absolutely. So this is, uh, when we talk about this, this seems so comical that, you know, it's all actually a loop. And the kind of hype which is created for the corporate world, the kind of hype which is created for everything which is so technical, it's just so natural, so humane in the first place. You're very right, huh, Ria, that there's a lot of hype that is created, especially for technical things. You know, so I meet a lot of people saying they want to learn financial skills, they want to learn, you know, so many technical skills. But if you go and talk to people in the corporate world, they will say, I want people who have hunger to learn. Yeah. Have a humble attitude. They don't think that they know it all. Uh, and they have, they're able to communicate well and express themselves. They're able to work with others. This is what, if you have these technical skills, I will teach you. <laughs> that become more of like uh, hype in the market like a particular course has got more scope and then this yeah. is going to be too much beneficial in the next coming years the hype of a course of, of a particular field has been made up like this actually it isn't like it depends on us uh, whatever we feel what we want to do it depends on us it doesn't mean if, if we have got a more uh, focus on that field so we are supposed to go there yeah very true, very true. <laughs> and this word hype now is a very important word because I mean again once once again I'm coming back to enterprise like for us one of the important things is to empower people to think for themselves because what hype does it disempowers us to think for ourselves now we start thinking about what the hype is saying you know what the propaganda is saying what others are about exactly what makes the maximum noise attracts the maximum, you know, attention in our mind. And we want to help people to step back from that and start thinking for themselves. Sure. So this brings me up to another question. So, um, so what, according to you, like, should be the ideal timetable, like the ideal work ethic? You know, if, if only you were of my age and you had to relive again, what would be the things, three things or maybe five, which you would do, come back at this age and do, which you probably did and which you probably didn't do. So if you could tell us so that we can in the audience as well could hear and implement all of those. Wow, yeah, I just love this question. Work ethic is <laughs> one of my favorite words. Thank I believe you. it's 10 times more powerful than talent and knowledge. Just straight, simple work ethic. Right? And I think the industry values that like crazy. If you can demonstrate a work ethic, multiple opportunities will open up for you. And once again, I mean, if I had to say, you know, just three simple things that come to my mind in terms of work ethic. One, I would say just be on time. Just show up on time. You know, whatever it is. Even if it is at home, if you told your mother you'll come at 8, come at 8. Otherwise, don't say you'll come at 8. Say that I don't know, I'll be there between 8 and 9. That's okay. But if you've said 8, no, then come at 8. So I feel that is one really, really important work ethic. The other important work ethic is ask for help. People don't ask for help. They don't know what they need to do. Then they get stuck. And then at the end, last moment, either they vanish, they ghost you, or, or you know, they say, oh, I didn't know. 
So ask for help early on. There's no shame in asking for help. So unfortunately, our, our schooling system, because of the exam system, you know, you're supposed to know everything and you're not supposed to cooperate. You're not supposed to help each other. <laughs> so we have not grown up in a culture of asking for help. But the moment you enter the working world, it's all about helping each other. It's all about working together. So ask for help. I think that's a very, very important work ethic. And I think the third work ethic that I would say is that, you know, just communicate about when you can show up and when you can't. Communicate what you can do and what you can't do. If you're traveling for 10 days, communicate that well in advance. Don't just say from tomorrow, I'm not there. <laughs> I think it's as simple as that. If we, if we can do these few things. Another simple point that comes to my mind is always have a pen and paper with you and take notes. You know, just take notes so that you have things to refer back. So these simple things, we don't realize how important and how powerful they are. Absolutely. So that makes a lot of sense. This this tells me about how we have online exams and off records. Collaborating has been a thing of late. Yeah, yeah. Not to talk much about it. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's, I think, all from my side. Ushma, would you have any more questions for Saur? Uh, yeah, so talking from the creative uh, aspect, you know, like uh, from the field of creation and new reels and everything that uh, we've been putting up about motivation and so many other mindful aspects. I wanted to ask, like, what does it uh, occur to you sometimes that you might uh, have a creative block and you don't know what to do or, you know, you're just, uh, like, you're just stuck somewhere. And I mean, like, even I write, I write poems and, uh, you know, like, off plate, I've not been uh, able to create a new piece. And that really triggers me. Like, uh, I see other creators online and sometimes I see other blogs also and I'll be like, oh, she writes better than me or he is doing much better than me. So, uh, like, is there something where, you know, creative uh, block comes in and, you know, how you deal with that? Creative blocks, huh? Mm, you, you write, is it? Uh, yes, I do. Wow, lovely, lovely. I would love to Thank read you. what you write. And... You know, anybody who writes or works on anything creative definitely feels these creative blocks. You know, your mind just shuts down. Right? Right. And uh, the only thing that helps me to overcome these creative blocks is to just sit, like especially when it comes to writing, is to just sit in front of your laptop and I tell myself, okay, I'm going to sit for the next... In fact, after this ride, after this podcast... Uh, me and Ankita, we're going to spend the next three, four hours just sitting and writing. We're working on a book. So we're going to just spend time. So we just block time out. And then you just sit in front of it and tell yourself, hai, even if I write not even a single word for the next one hour, but I will sit with my fingers on the keyboard. Right. And whatever happens, let it happen. You know. And then sometimes I just write gibberish and let it just come. So what happens is this thought that, oh, it has to come out really good. It has to come out perfect. What will... This is what causes us to stop. But that's when if you can be a little playful and if you can have a little musty and if you can just sit there and say, okay, I'm just going to sit here until it comes. It opens up. So, would, um, so Ushma, would you like to uh, write something together with me for my next newsletter? Definitely, sir. I would like to try at least. Get it right, well, sir. You should read her piece. So good, let's do it. Let's think of a topic and, and this next newsletter of mine which is going to go out on Thursday, let's write for it together. In fact, you write something and then I can build something on that and we'll put it out there. Sure, definitely. I like that confidence. <laughs> so, so let me ask you guys one question as we wrap up and maybe this will also give us an idea for a topic for the letter. Okay. Thanks. The question which I want to ask all three of you guys is that what stops you from taking bold decisions about your career? Badly, the fear of uh, losing or taking uh, like dilemma, is it a right or wrong decision? Okay. So dilemma, whether the decision will be right or wrong, that stops you from taking bold decisions. So can I answer that by showing you something? Absolutely. 
So, so uh, right ahead of me, I had this one list, which is basically a list of things that I really want to do in my college. Wow! My God, that's a college checklist. Amazing. Yes. So, so, so this includes things from basketball to horse riding to the picture that I have to get clicked at a lot of places. But so the only thing which right now I feel is that if I complete all of it, there might be a time that I won't be earning enough. Which friends of mine would be, and the kind of finance, financial independence that they would then have, would be a little lesser than mine because I would then be doing things that I wanted to. This is the only thing which stops. If only this question gets out, then I think I can go out and do everything that I want to. Beautiful. So this question that I might end up learn earning less than my other friends if I follow my dream, right? This thought stops you from taking bold career decisions, right? Yes. <sighs> beautiful so it would be like no so i want to do everything that everyone else is doing and then i'll miss out on what i actually want to do so it's like a mess there beautiful thank thanks so thanks so much guys for sharing this so openly and being vulnerable to put this out there and you know i would encourage all the listeners of this podcast to ask them to ask themselves this question and then write this thought down this thought that stops you from making a bold career decision write this down on a piece of paper and put it up on your wall and look at it every day every day look at the thought that is stopping you and i'm not saying you should break it or you should change it all i'm saying is look at it because as you look at it more and more it will evolve it will emerge and maybe one day you will see pagal hai kya this stupid yes so true uh i write all in so i think that was the conclusory note from sir and we really hope that all of us today when we go back home scribble in our walls this is us signing off for radio gaga hsc today's episode smart